chapter 16. And I'm kind of going off the maybe the traditional calendar uh, schedule of uh, maybe preaching, I guess, of uh, events. But I um, believe the Lord would have me to address and um, do somewhat of a Bible study here this morning. Luke chapter 16, some of you know exactly where we're going and talking about, be talking about. Um, I'm going to read a good portion here, uh, and then we'll pray and uh, maybe seated here. Uh, Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse number 19. Get your Bible open, Sammy. Bible says, And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest the, thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your, uh, your promises of a prepared place for us, uh, those that are saved. And uh, I believe it's your desire that all men be saved, that all should come to repentance, the word of God says, and, and to turn to you, turn from our sin nature and turn to you and salvation uh, and uh, uh, through repentance and uh, salvation and, and would look to you and walk with you and, and uh, live a victorious life through you. Uh, that only you can give. God, I pray that you administer to us through your word, have your will and way in our hearts. Lord, help me to be a, help me to preach with the power of your Holy Spirit, God. Help me to uh, show compassion and, and uh, for uh, what your word says here, God. And, and uh, I pray you'd speak to hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> this morning, I want to talk to you about a couple of places that in spite of what you may believe or what others may believe or not believe, they are true uh, literal places. I think that it's a, a little easier for us to accept and maybe jump on the heaven bandwagon, wagon, if you will. Uh, but I, I was talking to a loved one some time ago and, and uh, trying to uh, witness to them and uh, trying to get into sharing the gospel with them. And, and I love them very much. And by God's grace, I believe they did 
uh, receive Christ as Savior. But leading up to that, I, I began to talk about hell and uh, the consequence or the, the prepared place that God has for the devil and his fallen angels is a place called hell. Um, and uh, I started to talk to that loved one, that person. I said, well, you, you believe in hell, don't you? And I, I, hate, I hate coming at a conversation with that. You know, you kind of leave it as an open thing there. They, uh, they, they may or may not have, but me putting them on the spot with that question, you know, they're forced uh, to an answer. But anyway, long story short, uh, they said, no, I don't, I don't believe in hell. That, that's uh, uh, that place where God would send uh, people that don't perform right or don't do the good things that they need to or whatever. Well, that's not what hell is all about. Hell isn't for people that don't do uh, good things or for bad people necessarily. Hell is a place reserved for the devil and his fallen angels that haven't chosen Jesus as their personal savior, that haven't acknowledged their sin. God, I am a sinner and I need you as my savior. Would you save me from my sin? And that is the, heaven is the prepared place that God has for those who received Jesus as Savior. But the rejection of Christ, the alternative to heaven, is a place called hell. And we read about that in Luke chapter 16. And we're going to examine that uh, here uh, this morning, some facts about hell. Um, these places, heaven and hell, both ought to be motivators in our lives. And uh, this morning, we're going to hear, uh, we're going to uh, we're going to hear from the Word of God on the facts of hell and this person who was in hell. And it says, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes being in torment. And so uh, this morning, in spite of maybe what you've thought, or uh, maybe you haven't believed in hell, maybe you haven't, I don't want to believe in hell, but I do believe in it because I see it in God's Word. Uh, God tells me that hell is a real place, and, and God doesn't desire for anybody uh, to go there. And so this morning, we're going to tear down some lies, and we're going to replace them with truth from God's Word. In uh, John chapter 14, John chapter 14, uh, verse number 3, the Bible says this. This is Jesus speaking, and He makes this statement. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will. I want to encourage you to write some of these references down. We'll take uh, time to turn to them, uh, but most of them are going to be primarily from Luke chapter 16, uh, but then there'll be some others as well. Luke 16 doesn't speak of heaven necessarily, and so to have some references about heaven, it would be uh, important for you to write some of these down. And John chapter 14, verse 3 is one of them in particular. It's a prepared place that God has for us that are saved. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And so we see that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Uh, in order to be prepared uh, to go to heaven, uh, there, is, uh, there is some uh, prerequisite that needs to take place. Not all, not all dogs go to heaven. Not all humans get to go to heaven. Um, I, I, I didn't mean to say that so uh, frankly, but I, I preluded it with all dogs don't go to heaven. Um, not all people 
uh, will go to heaven. And it's not based upon the good things that we do. It's not based upon giving a certain amount of money. It's not based upon your religion. It's not based upon the church you attend. It's based solely upon uh, the verses that we see here in God's word. And Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. So Jesus says, one of the prerequisites to getting to heaven is believing on him. I want to ask you this morning, do you believe on him? Uh, have you believed in him as your personal savior, the, the payment of uh, your sin? John chapter 3, verse 36 says this, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. I don't believe there's anybody that would honestly and sincerely say that they want the wrath of God on them. But the only way to escape the wrath of God is by Jesus Christ, by faith in Him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father in heaven uh, but through Jesus. It's only Jesus. And so to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior for the payment of sin is to be prepared for heaven. Uh, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands but this morning, but, but uh, how many of you uh, would uh, say in your minds and in your hearts that you are prepared for heaven? You've received Christ as your Savior. I don't care. Raise your hand if you are, actually. I don't put you on the spot. Um, that's fine. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And it's nothing that I did, but simply receive Jesus and what he did on the cross. And praise the Lord if you've got that. Uh, settled here. And if not, today is the day to get that settled. Let's put your faith and trust in Jesus uh, for the payment of your uh, sin. The Bible is clear that the wrath of God abideth on unbelievers. Uh, the word abideth is translated uh, uh, from uh, the word meno, and it means this. It means to continue or to stay in a given place. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible tells us that before we get saved, uh, we are by nature, uh, we, have, we are the children of wrath by nature. We have the wrath of when we're born, we're born filthy, rotten sinners. Uh, I know I can testify. I have been born, and I was a filthy, rotten sinner, uh, but by God's grace, I got saved. And that I can also testify by this. I've got four boys that were born, and uh, I didn't have to teach them how to do wrong. They were born uh, rotten sinners, and they need uh, to get saved. They all need to get saved. I believe a uh, few of them have uh, trusted Christ. We, we still have one that we're praying for, at least, uh, that we know has not called on the Lord yet. We're praying that as soon as he's able to understand his sin nature and his sin condition, that he'll ask the Lord uh, for forgiveness of his sin and trust him as Savior. And so um, by, by nature, uh, we are children of wrath, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. And so heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people, those that are saved. But then there's also another prepared place, and I'd like you to turn in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, if you will. Matthew 25. And uh, this, is, this is God's word saying this. This isn't the philosophy of... of uh, it's my philosophy because it's in the Bible. 
But Matthew 25, verse 41, the Bible says this. This is referring to that other prepared place for those that aren't saved, for those that don't come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. It says in verse 41, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Notice where this place of everlasting fire, notice uh, who it is prepared for. It is prepared for the devil and his angels. And this is the prepared place for uh, the devil and his fallen angels, and the unbeliever uh, goes there as well because they've rejected Christ as a personal uh, Savior. And this is quite the contrast from Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, where the Bible says, uh, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit thy kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So we see from God's word, number one, uh, a prepared place for prepared people of saved people is heaven. Uh, but then the Bible speaks about hell. Those that didn't get prepared for heaven, if you will. And so they're not prepared for heaven. And it kind of uh, distinguished them as prepared for hell. But God doesn't want us there. Notice uh, that he said in uh, Matthew 25, verse uh, 34, uh, Come ye blessed of my father inherit thy kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world and so the only way to be blessed of god the father is to accept christ who took our place on that cross and we'll celebrate his resurrection uh next week but today uh as well and the fact that he died on the cross and shed his blood i should have been on that cross and you should have been on that cross and your blood should have been spilled uh, but he was our substitutionary payment and we need to receive the death burial and resurrection to our account uh, for the forgiveness of our sin in luke chapter 16 verses 19 through 31 the passage that we read at the beginning of uh, of the uh, when we first started out here our our text if you will it tells a true story and and how can i say that this is a true story well unlike a parable real people are mentioned in uh, this story here and it even gives us the name of one of the characters it gives us the name of Lazarus and uh, the Bible says that Lazarus was a poor man who had little or nothing in this world and uh, the rich man seemingly had everything and everything that is except Jesus I want to say this if you have all the the riches that this world has to offer if you have all the modern conveniences you've got the flashiest vehicles you've got the nicest home you've got the uh you've got all of the prime and and uh proper maybe vacation uh times and all that and and uh, you are living conveniently but you don't have jesus you don't have anything worth mentioning jesus is what matters in this life but especially into the next life and so, after these two characters died, Lazarus and the rich man, and uh, they both went into eternity, and uh, then the Lord reveals their existence beyond this life, this physical life here on earth. And so, uh, let's get into the story here. Man, I've got to hurry. I've got several points. Uh, but I want you to notice with me, number one, we can, we can, uh, we can, we can get this message done here. Uh, but I, I, I really want God to work here. Number one, 
we see the reality of death. In this story, we see uh, the reality of death. And you say, Pastor Sam, you're so profound in your preaching. And uh, how many of you realize you're going to die someday? You're going to. But, uh, but I think sometimes we can overlook that. How many of you have done foolish things in life and you thought, man, you, uh, you literally is by God's grace that you escaped death? You know, maybe an accident of some sort, some, some stupid uh, thing that was done. But uh, we, need to, we need to understand this. One of uh, our, uh, our uh, beloved players on the Pittsburgh Steelers died yesterday and uh, 24 years old. Uh, one of the quarterbacks, one of the three quarterbacks of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, died yesterday. He was down in, uh, it was, I believe it was yesterday, Miami, Florida, practicing with uh, some other teammates. And, and uh, I don't know all the details, but he got hit by a garbage truck, I think it says, or some type of a truck um, uh, crossing the road. He died, 24 years old. Never saw that coming. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. I, I pray that Dwayne Haskins trusted Christ as his personal uh, Savior so that he can be in uh, the wonderful uh, place of heaven. <clears throat> and, but the Bible says in Luke uh, 16, verse 22, it came to pass that the beggar died. Luke 16, 22, also uh, the rich man also died and was buried. And so there will be a physical death for everyone, uh, no matter what station of life you're in right now. It is appointed unto men once to die. There's an appointment of your death. You may not know it. I don't think anybody knows when it is. But God does. And that last breath that we take, oh, may it be that we've received Christ as Savior before that happens. Do you live with that thought in mind that you're going to die someday? Do you live with the understanding that one day your physical body will someday be lifeless? I think when we're younger, we don't, uh, we don't let it fully set in oftentimes. And, you know, we, sometimes we think we're invincible and, and uh, we're, we're superpowers and things like that. How many of you have ever worn a Superman cape before when you were just a little and, uh, maybe uh, jumped off the roof of something thinking and hoping that maybe that would catch you and you could, you could fly, yeah? Uh, or a parachute. Anybody ever done that before? Made a little trash can of a, of a trash bag, put it on somehow and jumped off thinking you had superpowers. When I was, uh, <clears throat> when I was in high school, I was, a, I was an underclassman and went to this party with uh, some of the football players and some of the older ones, and, and they did stupid there was stupid activity going on there. One of the stupid things that took place that night, they had a big bonfire and there were two trucks. It was out in the middle of the desert and a couple of the players were driving and there was a, a truck load. Uh, there, were, there were players in the back of the, the bed of the truck and, and uh, the two trucks decided to race or something like that. And uh, one of them decided to, uh, uh, one of the guys that was in the back of the truck decided that he was gonna do some stunt and jump from one bed to the other bed while it was going, and uh, the dummy, I forget his name, he jumped over. I don't know if he made it into the bed or not, but he broke his leg. And so he was, the, he was supposed to be the starting quarterback, I believe, that year as a, as a senior, but forfeited his senior year away. Not only that, you know, but he could have very well died, been killed in that, 
that dumb thing, but we get that idea of invincibility. We get that idea that life is forever, you know, and, and I think that the older that we get, we soon uh, realize that life is but a vapor. We're not going to be here forever. I read a story some time ago of a, of a kid, I believe it was in Russia, and just a little kid, three, four years old or something, had watched Superman and did the old thing, put the cape on him. He was up in a high-rise building and, and had watched Superman, got up on the windowsill and tried to fly, died. There's the reality of death. There's the reality of death. We're not going to be here forever. We need to get some things in order. But most important thing that needs to be taken care of is receiving Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Number one, there's, the, there's a, the reality of death. Number two, there's the fact of eternity. Now, in spite of what some religions teach, uh, we're not just going to be buried in a ground. We're not going to turn into other things. There's no reincarnation. Uh, you're not going to become some other animal, your spirit animal, or something of that nature. The Bible makes no uh, uh, um, uh, uh, assumption of that whatsoever. There's the fact of eternity, though. When our bodies die, there will be, uh, there is a spirit that uh, will uh, uh, will either suffer in hell or it will be uh, glorify God in eternity. Look at verse number uh, 22 of chapter 16 of Luke. Luke chapter 16, verse 22, it says, It came to pass when the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, Lazarus immediately went to paradise and Here's the promise of what the believer has in store. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, a reference you can write down here. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no, uh, no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither there shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now, all that bad stuff, uh, uh, in, in, uh, it's not in heaven. Good stuff is in heaven. The, the goodest stuff of all, Jesus is in heaven. And we get to look forward to that if you've trusted Christ as Savior. But unfortunately, the rich man did not trust Christ as Savior. And the Bible says in verse number 22, verse number 23, the rich man also died and was buried and in hell. He lift up his eyes being in torments. Well, that's quite the contrast from Matthew 25, verse 46. And it says, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal, into life eternal. And so when our bodies die, they'll go to one of two places. Uh, our souls, uh, th that is, uh, for eternity. It'll be forever. Number one is heaven if you receive Christ as your Savior for the forgiveness of your sin. Or number two, if you've rejected the payment of Jesus Christ uh, that he made uh, for your sin, you've chosen hell. And the place prepared for the devil and his angels. So we see the reality of death. We see the fact of eternity. And number three, we see the future of the unbeliever. And this is very sad here, but I want you to see from God's word. So that if anybody ever says, I don't believe in hell, I don't believe in that fictitious place where the devil has horns and little red man with a pitchfork, you can say, well, the Bible says that hell is real. And I love you and I don't want you to go there. 
Luke 16, verse 23, the Bible says, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. The rich man went immediately from death, his physical body dying, to his soul going to hell. There was no purgatory. There was no in-between place. There was no layover for a more pleasant place while somebody tried to pray him out or, or got, got, got baptized for him as a dead person. Uh, there are no second chances to receive Christ after our physical bodies have died on this earth. It's either heaven or hell. And so what awaits the unbeliever? Several facts according to the Bible. I want you to notice these six facts here. Number one, hell is a place of fiery judgment. It is a place of fiery judgment. In verse 24 of our passage, it says this, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. There was, there was a judgment that has taken place. There is torments in hell. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 42, it says, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. It is a furnace of fire. It is a torment in flames. Uh, in Mark 9, 44, it says, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. We had a big, uh, we burned a big pile in the back of our yard some days ago on a cool day after it had rained. And, and uh, we started that fire probably, I don't know, six or maybe earlier than that. And uh, that fire uh, immediately consumed the, the, the dead stuff, and, uh, but it kept going. It, it went, uh, finally, we, we ended up coming in. We were gonna, I was prepared, at least I thought I was, to, to wait for that thing to smolder out. But I ended up going to bed with that thing smoldering, uh, still smoldering, and then we woke up. I don't think that thing was finally out until the next day, like in the evening time, you could still see uh, smoke coming up from the, uh, from the area there. But that flame in hell will never be quenched. That is, a, that is an eternal flame. I don't, I don't fully comprehend or understand it, but I believe it because the Word of God says it. And you ought to as well. The Bible says in Revelation 21, verse 8, But the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, uh, in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We're talking about the description of hell here, according to the Bible. Six facts, and I'm sure there's more. But number one, there's fiery judgment. There is fiery judgment. Number two, it's a place of darkness. It's a place of darkness. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says this. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. In verse number 17 of the same chapter, it says, These are wells without water, clouds that are carried without a tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. Darkness, cloudy, no wind to blow that and cool you off, to cool, cool the person off. But 
but uh, smoldering, unquenched fire reserved forever. Jude verse 6 says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting change under the darkness, under, unto the judgment of the great day. Verse number 13 goes on, but for sake of time, I'm going to stop there. Matthew 22, verse 13. It said to the kings of the servant, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping, gnashing of teeth. How many have ever maybe fell before or anybody have TMJ? Your jaw, anybody have that? Grinding of the teeth, anybody sleeping, your teeth grind? The Bible says, describes it as weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I've heard stories of old brawlers that you get in a fight and they'll put somebody's head on a, on a, this is drastic, I know, I'm, but put their, put their, open their mouths, put their mouth on a, on a curb there and, and kick their head, grinding their teeth under the pavement. I don't know anybody personally that did that, I don't think, but I've heard stories of that. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. There are, number three, there are sounds uh, in, in hell. Matthew 22, verse 13 uh, talks about this. Matthew 25, verse 30, it says, Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him in outer darkness. There shall be weeping, crying, wailing, gnashing of teeth. I think of, a, I think of a, anybody, anybody have a crybaby at home? That's, stop, stop, stop. I didn't ask you to say the name, okay? Uh, but we've got, we've got, I think all at one point have uh, especially discipline. The Bible talks about using the rod of correction. When, I, when I've corrected uh, the boys in a time or two, I'm thinking of one in particular, uh, but there's one that will just, man, it's, it's a, they'll continue in the crying and the wailing of the, of the remorse uh, of the pain and, and I believe they're exaggerating uh, largely, but and so we've had to be, stop that. You stop that or you're going to get another one. But I just think continual remorse and uh, uh, of, of weeping and wailing and, and moaning. You ever been hurt so bad that, man, it just hurt. It, it, I, I know that I've been hurt when I was little and, and you come and you're kind of whimpering and sniveling and, and kind of shivering, shaking. One time I uh, got my leg caught in the back of a, a go-kart here. I, it was caught up on a, uh, uh, a bush, and I came to the back of that thing to try to hit the kill button, and I, it was spinning out in the dirt there, and I stuck my shin right on the back of that knobby tire there and scraped off the flesh of my shin there, and man, it was so painful. I, I burned. How many of you ever got the exhaust pipe burn on your in there before. Um, I remember I played soccer and I had got that burn there. And so I had my long socks and my shin guard and I had to play soccer. I had that thing all bandaged up and one time the bandage came off. And so after the game, that sock is all stuck on the scab there. You can peel out the uh, uh, little threads of stuff out of your, out of your scab. And how'd we get off on that? It, all that to say, I'm sure that I cried about it. I, I, it was, I've had painful things where I've wept. Uh, the Bible talks about the sounds there. There's weeping and gnashing in hell. Uh, I think of uh, memories. There are memories 
uh, in hell, but in particular, a memory in particular. The Bible says in verse 25, And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest good things. And likewise, Lazarus received evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. So Abraham said, Remember that thou in thy lifetime hast received good things. I believe hell is a place of, of memories, but particularly, I believe, especially the, the memory that we've rejected when we rejected Christ as Savior. The people that are in hell will look back at the opportunity they had. Maybe they're at a church service and the preacher was pleading and sharing the gospel and was encouraging them to call on the Lord. And, and a person in hell, I, 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 I guarantee there are many in hell that are looking back on the time they were in a church service or they were at some activity and the gospel uh, was presented to them. A soul winner shared the gospel with them and they're looking back and they, they're saying, I, I wish I'd have received. I, and they're weeping and wailing and they're remembering the time of rejection, rejection of Christ. Number five, there's loss of identity, loss of identity. In Ecclesiastes 8 verse 10, it says, and so I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy, and they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This is also uh, vanity. And in this story here, we see that Lazarus, the person that got to go to heaven, the poor man that called on the Lord and got saved and is in heaven. But then we see the rich man is not named. The rich man brought no glory to God. The rich man was used in as, as an example of, of what not to do. A loss of identity. Why? Uh, why, why, why is that? Why is there no name mentioned? I, I, I have a speculation that because of the influence uh, uh, of an unbeliever is really of no significance. Uh, an unbeliever really brought no glory to God. There's no glory that's been brought to God by the life of an unbeliever, and that's quite the contrast of a believer. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 43, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. We know maybe the uh, passage, Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, And they that be wise... Uh, shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Bible, I believe that's referencing a soul winner, somebody who's soul conscious, somebody who shares the gospel with people. They shall shine as the brightness in the in the in the and in, in the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. I think of the 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 quote, the phrase. Just one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Lastly here, facts of hell, there's no escape. No escape. And look at verse number 26. We see that fact here. Beside all this, Abraham said, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed. Think of the Grand Canyon and the great gulf of the Grand Canyon. And that gulf is even more, I would, I would, I would imagine, I would suspect. But uh, there's a great gulf. Those that have gone to hell, you can't get to heaven. Those that are in heaven, I guarantee, have no desire to go to hell. And there's a great gulf 
fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Those that are in hell can't leave. There's no going back and forth. There's no changing your mind about receiving the goodness and, of, and grace of God once we're in hell. I wish there was. God's, God's perfect plan, God's perfect word. Number next, we, we have seen the, the reality and some of the facts about hell there, but I want to say this, number, number four, uh, and we just got two more points here for the message. Number four, there is, a, there is a window of time. There is a window of time. We see the, the reality of death. We see the, uh, the fact of uh, e- eternity. We're going to live forever in one place or another. Uh, but uh, then uh, we see uh, uh, some of the facts, and uh, then we see there is a window of time. God has given us a window of time. That time, that window of time is here on earth. For, uh, for me, uh, that window of time... I, I took advantage of that opportunity. And there was a day that I asked Jesus to be my Savior. And I say that's probably the testimony of a lot of folks in here as well. And it wasn't because I was, I was anything special. It was because somebody told me that I wasn't special, basically. Somebody told me of my need for Jesus. And I willingly received Jesus as my Savior. I received His blood to my account. So now that I'm, I'm justified, it's just as if I'd never sinned. I received Christ as my personal Savior and uh, within that window of time. And so now I, I live in peace knowing that when this body dies, I get to go to the better place, not the place that wasn't intended for me. And I'm thankful for that. But I wonder this morning, is, is there a time in your window that you've been allowed so far, that you know that you've received Christ as your Savior. The Bible says, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Proverbs 27, verse 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, for he, asks, uh, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation I have succor, uh, succored thee. Uh, uh, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today's the day if you've not trusted Christ as your Savior. Today's the day I want to say as compassionately as I possibly can, if you have any doubts, did you get it settled? Do you have any question whatsoever? I, I, I wonder if because I did this, I'm going to go to hell. I wonder because I didn't do this. I, I'm, I, I, I'm 99% sure, Pastor Sam, that I'm going to go to heaven. No, you can be 100%. And it's through Jesus Christ. Is there a day that you received him as your Savior? for the payment of your sin. There's a window of time. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, though they be red and, and uh, d- despicable, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. 
and no one knows how much time they have. But it is appointed unto men once to die, and after that, the judgment. And lastly, I want you to notice with me, here's the answer. These facts of hell here. Fact is that we're all going to die. The fact is that there is an eternity that we'll go to, one of two places. Not many, not several. Uh, one, of, one of two. Number five is this. The, the one and only way to escape hell and to gain heaven, we see from the word of God. Look at uh, verse number 27. Verse number 27. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. The rich man was saying, would you send Lazarus? Would you send the man that is saved, that's in heaven? Would you send him over to my house, to, to my family's house, uh, so that he can tell them uh, about this wicked place, so that he can tell them about the beautiful place of heaven? And the response was this. He says, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. They'll turn. Uh, they'll, they'll turn from their sin. They'll turn towards God. And he said unto them, Abraham said this, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. So in this story... There was a rich man who is in hell, tormented. And he said to Abraham, as he had been separated from God, he said, would you send Lazarus, send him to my family, send a soul winner to my family so that he can warn them to get saved. But it was too late. Lazarus was in heaven. The rich man is in hell. So what is the only way to heaven? Rather, who is the only way to heaven? Turn to John 14. John 14 and we're done. <clears throat> John 14. And then also write this reference down though as well. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. John 4, uh, uh, 14. Acts 4 verse 12. The only way to escape hell and to gain heaven through a person, it's through God. John 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, let's read it aloud. Jesus said, let's read together, ready to begin. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Have you taken advantage of the way? Have you received the truth? Have you received the life? No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You say, how do we know this? You just read the truth of God's word. You just read it aloud. You just, Lord willing, dispelled any, any fictitious belief that you ever believed about a hell being an imaginary, uh, imaginary place, and you just put on the truth of God's word. God says, John chapter 5, verse 39, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. 
why are you telling all this about uh, telling us about hell today pastor sam because it's in god's word and because there are those who don't believe there are those you maybe even have con come in contact with that have that have told you i don't believe in hell Unfortunately, I wish that could be the case, but I do because God's Word speaks about it. And because it's in God's Word and there are those who don't believe and probably because they've never seen it from God's Word. And I pray this morning, maybe if that was you, today you've been enlightened. Today you've seen truth. Today maybe there's some decisions that you need to make. Maybe the first is that you need to trust Christ as Savior. But maybe if you have, maybe if, you've re, if you have received Christ as Savior, maybe we need to take this idea of eternity a little more seriously. There are people that need to hear about Jesus. There are people that need to escape the flame, the fiery torments and weeping and, and a horrible uh, eternity of hell. This morning we see a man who choose, chose hell. We also see a man who chose Jesus not to go to heaven. I pray that everyone here has chosen Jesus, but if you haven't yet, today's the day to do it. If you've chosen Christ, uh, I, may, may this motivate you uh, to tell others about Him. There's a reality of death. There's the fact of eternity. There's the terrible future of an unbeliever. And there's a brief window of time to receive Jesus. Let's all bow. Father, I thank you for the place that you've prepared. You've gone to prepare a place for us. I'm looking forward to that day. And I get to be with you in that place forever, for all eternity. Lord, but there's still so many that have rejected you. So many that don't believe in a place called hell. Lord, I wonder even believe in a place called heaven. Lord, I pray that you'd use this story, you'd use these facts from, from your word, the truth from God's word, to motivate us to tell others. And Lord, would motivate us, if not saved, would call on you. And act in faith, by your grace, ask you to save us. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, we're going to have a time of invitation. I'd like to ask every head bowed and every eye closed. I'd like to ask you to stand as the piano plays. Miss Beth will begin playing the piano. I want to ask just a few simple questions. Who here this morning would testify that there was a day that somebody presented you with the gospel? They presented you with the goodness of God, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. There was a day when somebody shared the gospel with you. Maybe it was in your living room. Maybe it was on a doorstep. Maybe it was in the church house. But nevertheless, you remember the day that the gospel was presented to you. Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood for your sins. And then you were, you were posed with the question, you were posed with an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior. And you can testify that you did willingly receive Jesus as your Savior. If you've made that decision, would you slip your hand up? Slip your hand up and testify, I received Christ as my Savior. 
there was a time, there was a time, you may put your hand down. Many hands were up, not every hand was up. Not every hand was up. I want to encourage you, don't wait a minute longer. We can have a man show a man from the Word of God how you can be saved. If you want to get it settled right now, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Is there anybody here who'd say, Pastor Sam, would you pray for me? I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know that I'm on my way to heaven. Would you slip your hand up if you're here and that's you? I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray to help you get it settled. Anybody at all, slip your hand up. Don't be embarrassed, please. Don't be embarrassed. Don't let any any, any of that um, stand in the way of you making the, that important decision. Is there anybody here who'd say, Pastor Sam, would you pray for me that I would get saved? Pray that I'd get saved. All right. 